Welcome to Calvary Servanthood Community Church Podcast, where no one stands alone. We know that we've been out and about, but now we're back, ready to release to you what the Lord has been saying to us. Now, as we're about to go into the Word, prepare your heart and prepare your soul to take in what the Lord has to say to you today. Be blessed. Amen, church. The word of God says that in the days of old, when the word, the sound or the voice of God was scarce, Samuel went to the temple and he ministered to the Lord. I want us to minister to the Lord a little bit this morning. Even when the voice of God was scarce, Samuel continued to minister to the Lord. And it is in the ministering of the word of God or ministering to the Lord that he was able to hear God. I want us as a church this morning, let us go to the Father and minister unto him. He has been generous in his abundance. He has been generous in his mercy. He has been generous, Father God, with his grace. And we will not hold back our praise this morning. We will say that you have been a faithful God. You have been the ancient of days, the one who has marked our lives with his presence. You have broken the limitations, Father God. You have made us as the righteousness of God who walk, Father God, in the things that you have called us in the mighty name of Jesus. Your word says the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter unto a new day. The longer they live, the brighter they shine. That is our story, Jehovah, because you have chosen us for such a time as this. Calvary Servanthood Community Church is a word from God that will never return to him void. It will accomplish that which you have sent it out to do in the mighty name of Jesus. We are evidence, Father God, of Jesus being our forerunner. We are evidence, Father God, of those who have obeyed the word of the Lord and gone ahead of us in the mighty name of Jesus. So we lift you up this morning, King of Kings. We say, take the glory, ancient of days, take the glory, great monarch of Zion, take the glory. You who stands alone and is without rival, take the glory. This morning in the mighty name of Jesus, we lift you up, King of Kings. We lift you up, King of Kings. We lift you up, King of Kings. We thank you, Father God, that you have made us a sign and a wonder in our generation. You have called us to be a sign and a wonder, Father God, and that's what we will be. We thank you, Lord God Almighty, that your presence has continued to speak on our behalf. Your presence has continued to say, who we are, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. You have continued to confirm us. Father God, you have continued to capacitate us. You have continued to deepen us, Father God. You have continued to make us, Father God, the praise of nations in the mighty name of Jesus. We say hallelujah unto you, King of Kings. We say the highest praise unto you. We thank you, Lord God Almighty. You have been faithful, Father God. Even in our unfaithfulness, you have been faithful. Even at the time where we did not see you, you saw us in the mighty name of Jesus. Even in the moments where we thought like giving up, Lord, you were faithful in the name of Jesus. As a church this morning, we say, Abba, Father, thou art worthy. For there is no other God in the name of Jesus. We will enthrone Jesus in our generation. We will 
you up this morning. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. Because we see your faithfulness, oh God. We are touching, Father God, that which we stewarded in intercession. This is the time and the season, Father God, where we will see with our eyes, our hands will touch, Father God, that which you have planted in the seed of the man you have planted over the vision. We thank you, Father God, for the forerunners, and we thank you that, Father, God, we will finish well. We will finish strong. We thank you that the legacy of the kingdom is safe in our hands, oh Lord. We receive that which you are giving unto us at this time, Father God, and we know that by the Holy Spirit everything that you have sent it out to be, Father God, shall be in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we bless you and we give you glory. We thank you, Lord. Even when we were unfaithful, you remained faithful, O oh God. We come, Father God, this morning to say that you have been the God that you said you would be. You have been the God that you said you would be. And you continue to be the God that you said you will be. Receive our praise this morning. Receive, Father God, as we lift up our hands. Receive, Father God, Rona. Receive our hearts, O Lord. Receive the very place of our call that seeks to make you Lord over all in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, find your place in this house. Let your presence continue to be the thing that we value the most. We camp around the fire of your presence, around the light of your word and nothing else. Even as you continue to advance us, as you increase us and make us more, it is Jesus that we seek to be known. It is Jesus that we seek, Father God, that the nations must come to know. Even if they may forget us, may they never forget Jesus. Father, we glorify you and we give you praise. We thank you that among us, oh God, you are raising a generation you can trust. A generation you can trust with the mandate of the kingdom that it shall be accomplished. Holy Spirit, we recognize that you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And in you, we have all things. We lack nothing in the mighty name of Jesus. So being those who have been mantled by Christ, commissioned by Jesus, Lord, we thank you. And we thank you that the days ahead will be glorious, oh God. The days ahead will be glory. We speak over the vision bearers of this house, Mama Lebaba, and the leadership, oh God, that the latter glory shall be greater than the former. That is the word upon them, Father God, that the latter shall be greater than the former. The things of old do not matter. It matters where the Lord is taking them. It does not matter where people left them. It matters where the Lord is taking them in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness. We look upon you, Jesus, and we glorify you. We look upon your face, Jesus, and we say thank you, Morena. Thank you for your faithfulness, Jesus. Even the hairs on our heads, Father God, even if they could be counted, they could not, Father God, quantify the praise that we have in our hearts for you this morning. We say thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for strengthening this season. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We submit and surrender all under the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It is not of our own, but it is by the keeping of the Lord. The power that he has released and the capacity that he has clothed us with through the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, continue to be the one that leads and guides. Continue to be the great power of God. We depend on you. We rely on you. We lean on you. There is no us without the power of God that is given by the Holy Spirit. For nothing is given except it is given by the midwife of the Holy Spirit. You have given, Father God. And in confidence in you and your capacity, we go forth valiantly. We thank you for visionaries. We thank you for, for valiant vessels, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. We bless you, Lord. Take the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. the church in the mighty name of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And the church at large, my siblings in the house, be greeted in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, we are in a glorious time as a church. Amen. We are in a valiant time as a church, amen. And not necessarily just CSCC, but the body of Christ, amen. The Lord is raising a new generation. I said, you know, in one of the conferences that the womb of the Spirit is contracting to raise or to give birth to a new generation, a new breed, a pure breed that is without greed, that is focusing on the agenda and the mandate of God, amen. So we are in those times, and I believe that even the testimony that Mama shared, you know, it's among the many that the Lord will do, amen. And we are blessed to be witnesses of such in this time, amen. And they are blessed too, to not be among the cloud of witnesses, but to be here, to see the seed of that which the Lord has given unto them, being passed on to a generation that will be the, you know, that will be the finishers of that. Amen. Um, the word that we have today, it says, Occupy till I come, kings and priests. Occupy till I come, kings and priests. You know, the Lord left us a definite mandate that if he tarries, the instruction is that we, we occupy until he comes. Amen. But I'm also wanting to draw from the words that have been ministered 
right from the beginning of the year when we were studying about Jacob and the different words that have come, you know, Muruti Mpo touched on the issue of priesthood and altars. And then Muruti has been teaching us about priesthood. We've been studying about mentals. And what I want to bring your attention to, Vanabamorana, is that when the Lord brings emphasis over something, he is up to something. And I believe that the message of priesthood, it coming again in different ways. It is because the Lord himself is up to something. And priesthood is not a message of the ancients. You know, sometimes you may think like a priesthood is about prayer only. And priesthood is about warfare. Priesthood is about baking generational curses. Priesthood is actually something that is a continuous thing. Charmaine read in this morning that, the, you know, the, in, in the book of Leviticus, it says in the temple, the fire must be kept burning. It must never, it must never be extinguished on the altar. It's the duty of priesthood to keep the fire burning. And why is then priesthood so important in our time and our age? Why is priesthood something that we must take account of? When we study Christ and we see him as the faithful high priest, what does that mean? We need to understand what does it mean for us and what does it mean now? You know, Christ is the eternal relevance of God. In every generation, he is relevant. It's how you receive the revelation for that generation and then appropriate it. But Jesus is relevant. Jesus is never old news. He's always the good news. Amen. We read last week in John chapter 4, verse 38. I'm just going to read it quickly. And I'm reading it to lay a foundation to say we are walking in those times. We are walking in that season. And as a generation and as a people, we must understand that we need to carry that which we are walking in. Steward it in the knowledge of knowing what has been given. John chapter 4, verse 38, it says... I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. There are those who have not labored or worked for the church to be here, but yet it is here, and yet you are here. Others have done the work. There are those who have done the work. We are beneficiaries of the priesthood of those who have gone ahead of us. And you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Because of that, we need to understand then what is our priesthood. Because there are those who have laid a foundation for us, we then need to understand what foundation do we then need to lay? Or where do we, do we start building from? It is important. We always need to carry that mind. Amen. There are certain things, as I said, that they began with Abraham, but they ended up with David. Yet they were in Abraham. So it's exactly the same. And if a generation does not live with continuity in mind, you will end. And you know, when God needs continuity, he's always looking for a man. He's not necessarily looking for a people group. When he was thinking about Israel, he was thinking about just Jacob. Israel, the nation, was in one man, Jacob. When God was thinking about a man after his own heart, he was thinking about David. He was not necessarily thinking about a lot of people. So if we do not understand that we are walking in things that men have labored for, we ourselves might miss on what we need to labor for for the next generation to then walk in. Amen. So let's have that in mind. Christ is our ultimate forerunner. 
everything. The Bible says that he's the perfect lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. Before Abraham was, before uh, Jacob, Isaac was, before David was, before Elijah was, before anything that is that we may call a mental, Christ has been the forerunner. So we must understand that we are living in the accumulation of what Christ established as a foundation. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, what was read last by Papa when he was ministering, that he was speaking about priesthood, that he is our faithful high priest. So what then does that mean, that he's our faithful high priest? We call him the pattern man, the captain of our salvation. When we speak, you know, Paul's ministry was about bringing the saints into maturity. He says, into the measure and the stature and the fullness of Christ. So if we are the mature ones and we say Christ is our pattern man the Bible says even now he's the faithful high priest that is seated at the right hand of the father interceding for you meaning that priesthood if we are saying Christ is the eternal relevance meaning that priesthood is more relevant now than it has ever been so when you are studying priesthood, it is something that Christ has patterned for you that you too must rise to. Not only lean into him as your high priest, but what is the priesthood he is calling you to? Amen. First Peter chapter 2 verse uh, 9 to 10. This is the desire of Christ. This is what you are being called by the heavens. It says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, king priests, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into the marvelous light, which in time past were not a people. It says, which in time past you were not a people, but are now a people of God, which has obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Who had not at time which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Amen. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. How do you come to be chosen? By revelation. We said in this time, in this age, men are mental and they walk into the things of God by revelation. You walk into what God is calling you to by communion with the word of God. And when the revelation then springs forth, you are walking in that very thing. Amen. So you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation called at such a time as this to show how Christ has called you out of darkness and brought you into the marvelous light. You need to live with this in mind, that we are kings and we are priests. We are kings and we are priests. In the past 10 years, the church has put emphasis on one of the other and has forgotten the other. And that has recalibrated, you know, the people of God. What we have put emphasis on and celebrated and gave rise to testimony sometimes has neglected the other thing that is the balance. Amen. And we'll come into that in the word of, we'll come into that as we go into the sermon. But we are kings and we are priests. When mama was ministering the other day, he said, David, after he saw what they had done and he wanted to go and recover all, the Bible says he took the effort and then he went. So he did not rely on the priest. 
you know, to go and say, hey, what is the Lord saying? He took the effort. David was the king who understood that this moment needs priesthood. The effort was the garment of the priest. And he took the effort and he inquired of the Lord in priesthood. And the word of the Lord then came to him and said, pursue, recover all. Amen. So priesthood is the place where things change. Even as you act as a king, it is only in priesthood that the answer is really released. And then it is in kingship that you walk in the answer in this realm. Amen. Luke 19 verse 13, we're going to read 11 to 13. It is the parable. We know it a little bit. I won't go so much into the parable. And I'm going to read verse 13 in different versions. It says... And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem. And because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear, he said before, he said, therefore, a certain noble man went unto a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and, and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Amen. In the Amplified Version, it says, Do business till I come. In the Jewish Orthodox Bible, it says, Conduct business until I come. In the Good News Translation, it says, See what you can earn while I am gone. In the Berean Bible, it says, do much with this until I come back. Amen. So the Lord has given us a definite mandate. And I tell you that if the Lord tarries, there's still an expectation of the harvest that we must get for him. Amen. So when the Lord says, occupy till I come, he says he gave his servants something and says, occupy till I come. So as the church, we must recognize that we have been given something, not just the name of God or the name of Christ that we have been trusted with, but we have been trusted with gifts. We have been trusted with resources. We have been trusted with many things that must be stewarded through priesthood. But the expectation is that you occupy until he comes. Amen. So there's a definite mandate that the king has given us. And as a church, we can no longer do church. It's time for kingdom. We can no longer do church the way that we know it. It's time to now walk in the matters and the purposes of the kingdom. And the business of the king requires haste. Amen. So it's time to prioritize the matters of the kingdom. As it was said that we are the finishing generation. We are the tipping point generation. We are the generation that will no longer accept certain things. But are making and placing a demand on the power of God. That the Jesus that we are reading about must now live through us. The Jesus that we are seeing in the scriptures must now become a reality in our lives. Amen. And it is important that as we prioritize these matters of the kingdom, we partner with the invitation that God is releasing to us. Because it's an invitation. And you can say no to it. You can say no to it. And you can say yes to it. You know, the beauty of our God is that he invites us. He recognizes your gift of choice. The gift that he has given you of free will and choice. 
Even in the Bible, when he could influence Adam and Eve's decision, he didn't. He allowed them to make the choice that he himself would not make, but in his love still had a redemptive plan for them. So being a king and a priest, functioning according to kingdom, it's an invitation and you have a choice. Amen. So the Lord is awakening us to matters of the kingdom, that we prioritize the kingdom. Amen. And as I said, that the church has done a disservice, you know, uh, to, to, to the church in the past seven or ten years, you know. I too was not, I don't want to say I was a victim, but I was among those as we are growing in the faith. There are certain things that we placed emphasis on, the kings in particular, you know, and we were in that season where it was about the king. It was about, you know, um, there was not much emphasis on prayer. It was about, you know, um, the wealth, pro prosperity, gospel, and so forth. And as I say, the gospel, this book is not a book about prosperity. It's not a book about healing. It's a book about the kingdom. But what we have done sometimes as the church, we've labored on one thing and made the book about that thing and not seen that it's actually a book about the kingdom. So the disservice of the church was that we celebrated and we gave testimony to one thing and we neglected the other. And that changed the hearts of God's people's desires. We are looking for accomplishments to confirm that God is with us. You are looking according to the standards of this world that God is with us. We are looking for numbers in the church. And we are saying that that's a confirmation that God is with you. Even the devil can give numbers. You know, if you're a person who's looking for signs, God, even the enemy can give you a sign. For any man who needs a sign, anything can be a sign. So we cannot be, we've become a result-driven church instead of a spirit-led church, you know. And some of those things are the things that God is correcting through priesthood. Amen. Because even, I mean, what COVID showed us, that numbers don't necessarily mean that a ministry will stand doesn't mean that a church will stand but priesthood makes a ministry stand even if it is two people who are standing for it amen so priesthood is something that returns that we are not just about the splendor of the king as Reba puts it but we are looking for the heart of the king amen Psalms 24 verse 1 to 3 it is important for us to understand if we say that we are kings and we are priests, what is the jurisdiction where that mandate must be exercised? What is the environment or the place? What are the boundaries of our habitation when it comes to this mandate that must be exercised? Psalms 24 verse 1 to 3, it says the earth is the Lord's and its fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and its fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Amen. The world and they that dwell therein. Amen. Meaning that Everything that is here on earth, it belongs to the Lord. This scripture becomes very important as a child of God if you believe that you've been given the mandate to occupy because it then gives you the anatomy of the place which the Lord has called you to occupy. Amen. 
The earth is the laws and its fullness thereof. The earth means that it's speaking about um, the real estate, the vegetation, the oceans, the mountains, the infrastructure, the economies, the industries, anything that can be created by man that is here on earth belongs to the Lord. That is what God is calling you to occupy over. And it, the third dimension of that is that it is speaking about anything that can be envisioned, that can be uh, deployed by a vision on account of the dominion mandate that God has given. It belongs to the Lord. Amen. It belongs to the Lord. Amen. The third dimension of that is the language, the culture, the literature, the thinking, the paradigms of the age. This generation, it belongs to the Lord. The earth, it's the Lord, it's fullness thereof. The human talent, the human capital, the organizations established by men, it belongs to the Lord. Amen. The population groups, the cultures, you know, um, everything that is within, that man has, has a hand in, it belongs to the Lord. Amen. The earth is the Lord's. The first place of earth is this. You are the earth. So anything that flows out of the earth, it belongs to the Lord. Amen. And that's where God is expecting you to exercise priesthood. That is the place where God is expecting you to be a king. Amen. The earth is the Lord's. And you know, when we look at this um, understanding that the earth is the Lord, as the church, what we have often failed at is when we look at spirituality. And we thought what spirituality, it's not spirituality that changes the world. It's not spirituality that changes things. And it's spirituality that is able to be applied in its context given executive expression. Amen. That changes the world. It's not our tongues that changes the world. It's not the length of prayer that changes the world. It's the spiritual endowments that come from God that we can give expression and relevance in the systems of this world that changes the world. So coming here to church does not necessarily mean that you have. You have the potential power to change the world. But unless you give expression to that power, you will do nothing. And as I said, that as the church, we have put emphasis on the king. And you know, this issue of the king has got to be uh, apostles in the marketplace. Those are the terms that have risen in our time. I'm an apostle in the marketplace. And those apostles in the marketplace think they have a lesser duty of priesthood. So all you are is a competent person who is a graduate, who has the skills and the competence the world needs. But it doesn't mean that you can change anything, really. It doesn't mean that you, it means you can speak the language of the Chaldeans. But it doesn't mean that you've been baptized in the thing that silences the power of darkness when policy is then created. Amen. So it is possible for you to carry the potentials, but not be able even to come to church with the potentials, you know, and have the spiritual uh, experiences, the powerful practices that we do as children of God, but be out there and be as powerless as ever, as if you do not carry the spirit of the living God. Anything that God has called us to change, Everything that God has called us to change, it's not a social construct, 
Poverty is not a social construct. Hunger is not a social construct. There's a book that has been written and it says that we are the generation that can actually end hunger. No man, no woman can sleep hungry. No child can sleep hungry. But you know what? There are systems and things that keep it that way. And if you are called to work for the UN, to be within development practice, or whatever it is, healthcare, you know, all the things that we say that we want to do for the Lord, if you are not a priest, even if you are a king, there's an imbalance, and you will continue a cycle that you have been called to actually break. Amen. So we are kings and we are priests, amen. And our spirituality must find a way to give uh, executive expressions to the endowments of God. When you step into a boardroom, you are a policymaker, you are captain of industry, whatever in your industry that you are there to influence the place. After you have written that policy, after you have made changes to certain things, when you go home, I got you have functioned as a king, at night, you are a priest, head between knees. You are until that thing changes in the spirit because it will be of no effect. There are sons of demons that are guarding the gates that things don't change. And you know, when we speak about priesthood sometime, as I say, that we can say that it's an ancient thing. It's an old thing. Ah, but Oscar, I got saved and I received Christ. And just because you got saved, do you think the cycle in your family will, is going to change? The enemy must now leave you because you got saved. You are joking. Priesthood is the only thing that's going to change that cycle. And priesthood is not necessarily just for systems. If you look at families, and you know, one thing the Lord has helped me see is patterns. I quickly recognize patterns, and I quickly recognize that this is the hand of the enemy here. It's no longer that in this family there is poverty. There are certain things that are unnatural, unnatural poverty. You think there was no one person who could rise in the family to change the family. No, there's a priesthood guarding that. And until you rise in priesthood and raise a new altar of the living God, there is no way that thing is going to change. Until somebody rose in priesthood to guard that this church becomes the thing that God has called it to be, there are certain things that would not change. And there are certain things that would remain the same. So until we rise in priesthood, and unfortunately, I'm not necessarily going to go into what is priesthood. But priesthood is consecration. The reason why the heavens belong to Christ is because of the quality of the priesthood, the quality of the priest that he has been. You know, the Bible says that yet tempted in every way imaginable, yet without sin. Amen. So priesthood is a necessity in our time. Priesthood is necessary even in our time. And you know, the little brother of apostles in the marketplace is a, what you call kingdom financiers. No, I'm a kingdom financer. You don't come to prayer. You don't do whole night prayers. You are a kingdom financer. You want to be lethargic. You want to stand there and transfer money. Keep your money. In the church, kingdom financing is the responsibility and the duty of every believer. It's not a calling. It's the thing that God calls us to. So as a church, some of the things that we've placed emphasis on have walked, out, have walked us out of the power that God really gives us 
in the priesthood and in the kingship. But at the same time, what the church has failed to do is to nurture the king. We have seen the kings. I mean, you see a young man, you see a young woman who is raising capital, who's doing mighty things in the tech industry. And just because you don't see them at the whole night prayer, you pity them and you judge them. And that young man has the power to change the quality of life like the church is not currently doing. What we were supposed to do is call them closer and to say that as a king, let me give you the secret that that thing that you are rising in is undergirded by a priesthood that it becomes a reality. So as the church, the God is bringing back alignment. He is bringing back the things that we have leaned upon to make for our own weaknesses. You know, because we are not the ones raising capital. And I am so happy that today we are talking about us being more than just a service, a gathering. We are now talking about uh, what we are now doing in society. As Mama said, you know, Jesus was the greatest philanthropist. The Bible says he healed all. Philanthropy as a term, especially now, institutionalized philanthropy, they don't do all. They look for what they can do. They sometimes don't even want to offend governments. So they rather fund uh, arts and recreation than to actually do something that is going to change lives. That's the philanthropy of our time. But God is raising philanthropists among us that must do the business of a king, that must change the lives of people. You know, God is in the business of wholeness. When every time Jesus healed someone, the first thing that he did was bring them to wholeness. If we as a church cannot restore family to wholeness, cannot restore systems to wholeness, cannot restore education to wholeness first, you cannot function when you're not whole. You cannot function when you're not hungry. That's why Christ was moved with compassion to feed the hungry and to make the sick whole. Those are the first two things. When a man is whole, he knows what he's about. When a man is whole, vision is restored. When a man is whole, purpose is restored. There are certain things that we don't have to do when a man is whole. But until we understand that there are certain things that are designed to keep men sick, to keep systems sick, we will never rise in priesthood in the way that we need to. Amen. So kingdom finances and uh, apostles in the marketplace, we are still called to priesthood. God says that we are kings and we are priests. You are not permitted to be one without the other. Amen. And as kings and priests, look at Christ in the Bible. In Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 4, we're going to read um, verse 4, verse, Matthew chapter 4, we're going to read 8 to 10. I just want to say this, the reason why priesthood is so important in our time and age, the reason why the priesthood of Christ is what we must come in, it's not just any priesthood. We are speaking about the priesthood of Christ. Remember, I said that Christ is the forerunner. So in this particular place, you know, uh, the enemy has been given permissive power in this realm. And if you're not going to play by priesthood and by the Holy Spirit, you'll be beaten hands down. You will not achieve anything. Look at Matthew. Look at Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 to 10, he says, 
again, the devil took him, who, he, who is him, it's Christ, up to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Remember at the garden, Adam lost something. He lost the kingdoms of this world and he handed them over to, to the enemy. So when I say that the enemy has permissive power, remember there's perfect power, the perfect will of God, and there's permissive power. So he has been given permissive power. He still owns the kingdoms. And it says, and he showed him all the kingdoms of this world and their glory. And we read last week in the Bible that that word he showed him, that seeing that Christ saw is the same seeing that Eve saw. And she saw that the fruit was good to eat and it was good to make one wise. It's a seeing that after seeing, you cannot live without that thing. There's a way the enemy can show you something. And after seeing that thing, and everything about you says, I must have that thing. David, when he saw Bathsheba, it's the same Hebrew word there, that saw. David saw, and he could not keep his hands to himself. He had to take. But look at our master. Look at our faithful high priest. The Bible said, showed him all the kingdoms of this world and their glory. Adibon, Abon, the glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus, who is truth, ne? did not say, no, you don't have them. You can't give them. He said, no. He said, then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall not worship. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only. You shall serve. Jesus didn't say, you don't have them. He has them. He knows that he has them. And he knows that in the kingdom of darkness, in the, in, the, in the system, there's a system of worship. The enemy is entitled to worship because he gives as well. Because, and remember that what made Lucifer fall was that he wanted to be worshipped. In this kingdom, only one must be elevated, which is the king. So you will struggle if you are launching yourself, because we are here only to launch Christ. We are only here to launch the fame of one, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. So here, the enemy said to him, if you just worship me, there are certain things. And you know what worship is? It's a term of priesthood. It's an issue of priesthood. So the kingdoms of this world and their glory will not be taken by any other thing except priesthood. Amen. And Jesus said, you shall not worship. You shall worship the Lord your God only and him only you shall serve. Amen. Because in this realm, as I said, if you do not, if you do not operate by the priesthood of God through the Holy Spirit, you will be beaten hands down. The mandate that Christ has given of you occupying until he, he comes, it is not a mandate that you can fulfill on your own. Amen. And Jesus, the same Jesus in the Bible, he says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. 
That world there in the scripture that we just read, it says he showed him the systems of this world and their glory. And the world world there in the scripture where, God, where Christ is saying, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. It is the same word, meaning that Christ himself is saying, I have overcome the systems. So even if we can focus on the mantle of David and we can focus on many things, there are places where David failed, but there's a place where our master Jesus is our faithful high priest. Do you now get what it means when it says he's your faithful high priest? It means his priesthood can be trusted. In places where our forefathers has failed, Jesus has won the victory for us. So when you step into the mantle and the place of priesthood, by his priesthood, you are acting from a place that is high above every principality and power. It is not you who is high above every principality and power. It is Christ who is high above every principality and power. And the Bible says you are hid in him and he, his life is hid in God. Amen. So we can have confidence in this priesthood. Amen. We can have confidence in the calling of God that we are kings and we are priests. We are kings and we are priests. In the mandate to occupy, we don't only desire to be captains of industries, but we desire a secret place that changes and silences the voice of darkness when we walk into the room. Amen. So, and as a church, I mean, many of you here are students, you are studying, you are stepping into environments that you are studying actually a curriculum that is girded by a priesthood and as you step into there and you say I want to be an innovator I want to be a disruptor there are certain things that won't allow you lest you function as a priest that will help you become and change the education system for God's glory amen so priesthood is an urgent message. And I believe that because the Lord has allowed us to camp around the light of priesthood, he is calling us into that place because there's a reality from heaven that he wants to stream through our lives. Amen. In conclusion, this is who you are. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 to 8. You are in Christ as I said. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus. You are in the faithful high priest. You are in the one whose priesthood has trumped all systems. Amen. It says in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kingdom towards us in Christ Jesus, in ages to come, in ages now, in ages to come. Amen. The priesthood of Christ is still effective. Amen. There's a book by Ola Ledime that says, uh, the heavens belong to the highest bidder. And it speaks about the one whose priesthood is most effective, the one whose sacrifice and consecration is most effective. The heavens belong to that one. You know, there's a story in the book of Kings, a king who was fighting against Israel, and then he saw that he was going to lose. 
And when he saw, he then went to the prophet to say, what must I do? Because I don't want to lose this battle. And the only thing for him was that he needed to send out a sacrifice, you know, uh, and sacrifice is a, is a priesthood word. He needed to sacrifice something of value so that Israel would lose. And he sacrificed his only son, the heir to the throne. So can you see the theme of Christ has, is a spiritual principle that even the dark world understands it. So when he sacrificed his son, Israel lost. Israel lost on account of priesthood and sacrifice. Amen. So there's a priesthood that must be exercised. Israel, lest Israel loses. Amen. There's a priesthood in your family that you must sacrifice or else the lineage will never rise. There's a priesthood in this generation that we must exercise lest the men of this generation will never rise. There's a priesthood in this generation that we must do as mothers lest our children, the boys and the girls of this generation will not rise. Priesthood. Priesthood. Amen. Verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Amen. You are seated with him in a place of, of sovereignty. The Bible says, you know, Jesus in the Bible, he says, All power has been given unto me. All power and authority. Do you know that when the enemy speaks about himself or when the Bible speaks about what has been given to the enemy, it speaks about power. It doesn't speak about authority. And power can be illegitimate authority. You have power. The Bible does not call the enemy powerless. He says, it says he has power. But Jesus says, all power and authority has been given unto me. So when you step into this priesthood and you are exercising your kingship and priesthood, you are exercising it in the one whom all power and authority has been given unto. Amen. We need to understand when it says that he is the faithful high priest. Amen. He is high above every principality and power. Amen. And until we work that in walk in that reality. There are certain things that will never change. Amen. But all power has been given. All power and authority has been given unto him. And as I said, in this realm, there's a level of power the enemy has. And for you to have access to things, it is either you worship him. But if you choose not to, Christ is offering you an invitation into a priesthood that helps you establish his kingdom. The mandate that existed in the garden for uh, Adam to say that, you know, tend this garden, advance the frontiers of the kingdom is still a mandate that exists for us today. The same war that Adam is still fought then is still the same war that we are fighting today. But the advantage we have is the priesthood of Christ. The advantage we have is not even the priesthood of Israel and what they used to do on a yearly basis. It's the eternal priesthood, the eternal lamb, that no, the finished works that nothing can be added to that have been accomplished by Christ. Amen. So we have a toolkit, Banaba Morena, that allows us to be kings and priests.
through Christ Jesus. Amen. We have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. And now more than ever, you must walk into a room being a king and being a priest. You cannot walk being one. Amen. And priesthood is cultivating the altar. Priesthood is ensuring that the fire keeps burning at the altar. Priesthood is an exercise that involves you. No one can do it for you. While we are here and there's a high priest who's burning incense, just because you are smelling the incense, you can think that it's also part of you. It's you who's doing it. No. There are places where your priesthood matters the most. There are places where your priesthood matters because you are the primary person. And sometimes, you know, even when I pray for someone, the Holy Spirit would say to me, ask them to call upon my name. You can't pray that thing into their lives until they call upon my name. Amen. So there are places in our lives where it is the priesthood of our lives, the sacrifices that we offer unto God that will then speak and translate in, and have executive expression in the places that we work, in the families that we are in. But what I want to say lastly, Banabamurana, is that when the Lord is introducing the subject of priesthood, when he is communicating to a generation and saying and reminding us that you are a royal priesthood, he's saying that the limitations no longer matter. I am the God who is now stretching you. I am the God who's giving you the mandate to go further. I am the God who is saying that the Christ who trumped the systems of this world is now ready through you to trump. Remember that the desire of God through Christ Jesus is that in his priesthood, we might be the hands and feet of Jesus here on earth. We might be the ones as if Christ was here on earth. And that's what priesthood is about. The reason why Jesus prayed so much, it is not because he didn't have power. It is because in this age, in this world, priesthood is a necessity for the reality of heaven to be a reality in our lives. And God wants us to translate our spirituality to be meaningful in our society. That it's not just about the tongues we speak in capital letters. It is not just about the rolling and the things that we may do here. But it is about being able to change the quality of life and make it align to what heaven had purposed for his people. Amen. So the issue of priesthood is the responsibility of every believer. It's the requirement of heaven upon our lives today. And I pray by God that we rise to the occasion. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We have come to the end of the service. May we rise up in prayer. We have a lot of meaty words to absorb. <laughs> Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before your holy throne with thanksgiving and praise in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for your word, mighty God, that you said, said that you yourself have exalted above your name, our God. That even as we go back, Lord, to our realities in the name of Jesus, as we go back to our spheres of influence, oh God, we just pray that, Lord, may you clothe us, mighty God, with your supernatural wisdom, oh God. May your word, 
oh God, find root in our hearts in the name of Jesus, that it's the word, Heavenly Father God, that we live by, Father God, that it's your word, mighty God, that conducts our lives, that even every single day, mighty God, we walk in alignment and in unison with your word, oh God, that in our speech, oh God, in our thoughts, in our conducts, mighty God, your word flows, oh God. Even as we're living, oh God, we just thank you, Father God, that may your, the blood of Jesus Christ cover us, oh God. And we still as well live in the word that was released with the blood of Jesus Christ. And mighty God, even with us, mighty God, through our words, through our conducts, mighty God, that heavenly Father God, we may shield that word, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your divine protection upon us, upon our families, upon this house, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you yet again for joining us for an amazing time in the presence of the Lord and we hope that it was a blessing to you as much as it was to us. Remember, stay connected. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok to stay up to date with what's happening at Calvary Servanthood Community Church where no one stands alone.